praise for his goodness to us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you. First Peter chapter 3, we've been preaching through this book verse by verse, week by week when I, when I preach, and others have also spoken from this book and done a good job. Um, it's a letter written to believers from Israel primarily who are exiled. They're forced to leave their home because of persecution and the economy and other things in, northern, in an area of the world now known as northern Turkey. So they're immigrants. Who knows, immigrants sometimes suffer, un, unwanted immigrants. And uh, they're hurt, they're wounded. Uh, I was at one of our convenience stores the other, to get, other day and asked the, the man at the register what his name was, and it offended him. Why do you want to know? Just obviously his guard was up because he has been attacked by somebody and all I did. So I showed him my driver's license and gave him my name and, you know, apologized for, for seeming too nosy, but I was just trying to be friendly anyway. So we have an opportunity to minister to the nations right here in our town because they are amongst us. And the Bible tells, it's a command in the scriptures to be kind to the foreigner that is in your midst. Why is that command there? Because many times people don't want to be kind. You know, he took my job or she's, she, you know, she's stole my man or whatever. You know, the reason is. So here these people are living in a foreign land, having to start over again, suffering, and Peter's exhorting them with, with encouraging truths for their stormy times. And now he's focusing on their families, on their marriages. Because even though... You may have opposition outside. You can at least have a taste of heaven in your home, right? But sometimes we take the conflict in the world and bring it into our homes, and we don't have heaven at home either. And so that's what he's addressing. He says, wives, likewise. What is the word likewise there? Well, he's referring to the previous context where he was talking to employees, to slaves, to servants, how they should live and relate to authorities over them in light of who Christ is. And in verse 21 of chapter 2, he said, Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example. Can we say example? That you should follow. Can we say follow? That you should follow his steps. Who, verse 23, who when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten but committed, can we say committed? Committed himself to him who judges righteously. He totally committed his life to his father and even on the cross prayed, Father, forgive those who were persecuting him. So here, likewise, wives, be submissive to your own husbands that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. Now here in the first six verses, he's speaking to wives, and then in the seventh verse, he speaks to, to husbands. How unfair is this? Paul, at least, had a balance in his approach, and he wasn't even married. Here Peter is, married with a mother-in-law that Jesus healed, addresses six verses to women and one to men. What in the world is he doing? Well, there's a reality in most churches, and no doubt in that day, there's more women in the church than men because there's more men in the world that are unbelievers than are women that are believers. Now, the church can do some things to stop repelling the men that come check them out. I mean, there's some things churches do that are so feminine, men get the heebie-jeebies and they run. 
But normally, women aren't as prideful as men. They're willing to ask directions, right? Man would rather die than ask directions because when he asks directions, it, it's, he feels like he's saying, excuse me, I'm an idiot. I need some help here. You know why wives don't mind asking for directions? They don't mind saying, excuse me, my husband's an idiot. Can you give us a hand here? So there was a problem in, in, in these people's lives where men maybe were not believers or if they were, they were not obeying the word. What is a wife to do? If the man's supposed to be the leader in the home representing Christ and the husband's not representing Christ, what is a wife to do? So you see, ladies, it's a blessing that you get six verses. Isn't that awesome? Let's start over again. Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, not someone else. You know, Brother Jones doesn't do it that way. Don't ever do that. Why can't you be like so-and-so? Oh, don't do that. Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they, without a word, can we say silence? Without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. I don't think he's talking about the silent treatment. Silent treatment can be cruel. He's just saying, don't be preaching to them all the time. You know, obviously you may have to speak the truth, but then back off. Stop trying to be the Holy Spirit. You know, we're not blessed because we're not this or we're not that. No, you said it one time, let it be. Back off and let God be God. He is your father-in-law also, you know. Let your life be the word. Let your life be the sermon. They can be won by your conduct. May be won by the conduct of their wives. Verse 2, when they observe your chaste or pure conduct accompanied by fear or respect. Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. It's, it's kind of like this. Your man's not doing what God wants, and you know it, so you get all dolled up thinking that's going to do the trick. Kind of like that country song, did I shave my legs for this? <laughs> Hope I didn't cross the line there. Forgive me if I did. You can text me later. Don't text me right now. It's the inward person that's going to be the witness. You may look like the best thing in town. You may look like Mrs. Texas. Praise the Lord for his many blessings. But don't depend upon just externals. It's Jesus. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's Christ in us that, that uh, wins people to the Lord. Now, let me just say this. This text has been used to preach against jewelry. I was raised in churches where it's a sin to wear a wedding ring because Peter said, don't wear jewelry. Look at the context. This is the problem when churches only do topical sermons and jump around and build cases, grabbing verses from here and there and uh, build a case and preach something erroneous, kind of like the guy that had the habit of opening his Bible and putting his finger down and uh, doing whatever it said. And he did it one day, and it didn't work. He, he put his finger down, and said, Judas went and hung himself. I thought, ooh, that's kind of rough. And 
closed his Bible and did it again, and the next verse he looked at where his finger was said, go and do likewise. <laughs> oh, my goodness, this is rough. Closed his Bible, said, well, third time's charm. Let me, let me see what it says. And he did it again, and it said, whatever you do, do it quickly. <laughs> he said, don't let your adornment be merely outward. It's all about the inward. Arranging the hair, God knows the people that preached against jewelry didn't, didn't obey arranging the hair. You talk about some elaborate hairdos. I was at one conference. At the conferences is where they really go to town on the hairdos. It's like a style show. Meanwhile, they preach against styles, and there they are. And a friend said, man, I sat behind a woman, and I swear I saw the Quaker oak man looking at me through her hair. <laughs> the beehive needed some help. Wearing gold or putting on fine apparel. Notice the word fine is in italics. The translators or the, yeah, the translators put it there to, to imply meaning. The, the, you know, great clothes isn't what you're dependent on. But literally what Peter wrote was arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on apparel. So if you believe, he said not to wear jewelry, Peter's also saying not to wear gold, not to wear clothes. So this picking and choosing thing, you gotta, it's just dangerous. You've got to look at the word as a whole and see what it says. Rightly divide the word of truth that you don't, need not be ashamed. All right, back to the text. Verse 4, rather let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Well, I'm sorry I'm not that kind of woman. God didn't make me that way. Well, he made us, but he, did, he didn't intend on leaving us the way we are. Christ was gentle. Christ was quiet. He didn't open his mouth before his persecutors. And we, none of us are born like Christ, but we are all being conformed to his image. So the word is calling us to a higher level of living. Amen? For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves. Adorn yourself with the fruit of the Spirit, for example. Adorn themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Now, don't get shook up by that. He's not saying he's God. The word Lord isn't capitalized, and it's a word of respect. Uh, in fact, in Spanish, the word Lord is Señor. The word Mister is Señor as well. Jesus es Señor. What's the correct way to say it? Jesus is Lord. Jesus Christo, yes, see? And yet, your husband is senor. It's respect, all right? So Sarah respected Abraham, even though he messed up sometimes. He one time tried to pass her off as his sister because he thought he was going to get killed. And yet, she gave the man respect, even though there were many times he wasn't worthy. Darn him, Lord, whose daughters you are. You're daughters of Sarah, just like we're children of Abraham. You are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. Now, if you're in a situation where you fear for your life, call the police. We're not one of these dumb churches that tell women to stay in a relationship and get the, get the hell beat out of them, and God will bring you through. No, call the police. The elders of this church will never tell women to stay in a situation like that. They will say, call the police now. Do it yesterday. What, you haven't already done it? They are the Romans 13 ministers, and they serve the purposes of God. 
Are they perfect? No, nobody is. But if you're not if you're not implementing the ministers of righteousness for vengeance on evil doing, then you're not utilizing the tools you have. Well, it's going to cost me. Well, it's costing you now. If you wake up dead, I don't want to do your funeral. I don't. I will, but I don't want to. See what I'm saying? So if that's for somebody, call the police and uh, let the will of God be done. All right. Now, men. Husbands, Likewise, just like Jesus, just like the wives, just like the servants and the masters, dwell with them with understanding. Can we say understanding? Giving honor to the wife. Can we say honor? You don't beat up someone you honor. You don't berate someone you honor. You don't belittle someone you honor. Honor her as to the weaker vessel. Now, it's not saying she's the weaker vessel. I mean, women are breaking all kinds of records, and, and all along they've been having babies, and, and a kidney stone puts a man on the floor, something that small. So they are tough. But honor them as though they were weaker. Another way of looking at it, honor them like you would a piece of china. There's a difference in handling Tupperware and handling china. Tupperware, men, you just throw in the cupboard any old way. It's fine. Falls out on the floor, no problem. Pick it up again. Nobody sees. If they see, then you got to rinse it off, right? <laughs> but if it's China, you take care with it. Right? Honor your wife as to the weaker vessel as being heirs together. We say together. You're going to inherit blessings together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. Since God is my father and my father-in-law, if I'm out of sorts with my wife and I'm not walking in honor to her, when I pray, God is like, talk to the hand. If you're in that situation, repent. And then say, Father, please deal with your daughter. Please. Don't want our prayers to be hindered. Sometimes we don't pray because our prayers are hindered. Why bother? Why not apply the word and get it straightened out? Pride should motivate us to get our prayers answered. Finally, verse 8, all of you, this includes everybody, these principles apply to us all, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, unless they make you mad. No? Have compassion. People make us mad because they can be annoying at times, because they're natural-born sinners, because they've got specks in their eye. We've got to get the logs out of, out of our own so we can minister in compassion. Love as brothers. Be tender-hearted. Be courteous. Not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this. You, that you may inherit a blessing. Some of us are contrarians. I can be at time. You always want to look at things a different way. Yes, but this, and yes, but that. And sometimes pride can be at the root of that. But here the Scripture is telling us to be contrary. Instead of cussing, be blessing. Do it. I have a friend whose wife was just letting him, letting him have it ruthlessly. 
and mocking him when he tried to bless her. So what did he do? He left the house, right? Get away from it, right? If you're tempted to hit your wife, leave the house. And he found somebody to bless. Went into, went in, went into Oak Trail Shores to serve people and was delivering watermelons to people's doors, just his own, door-to-door watermelons. And this child said, you have a watch on. Yeah, I got some new tennis shoes. I want to run around the yard. Can you time me? Just made that little kid's day. And you know what? A lot of the hurt he had evaporated. You getting cursed, find somebody to bless. Oh, my goodness. It's powerful. And if they won't hear you blessing them, then bless the person hurting you in prayer. We were called to this, that we may inherit a blessing. You may inherit a blessing. Verse 10, for he who would love life and see good days. Anybody want to have a life that sucks? (laughs) If you do, then disobey this verse. Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Look for peace and chase it. Verse 12, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. You know, sometimes our enemy isn't the devil and it's not people. Sometimes it's God because he's against evildoers. And when we get angry and we hold on to it, guess what? Nothing good can come out of that. Uh, James 3, 5 says, The wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. People who are angry will lie. They'll slander. They'll undercut. And if anything else, they're harming their own bodies. You've got to let it go. Let it go. doesn't justify others doing wrong, but it certainly doesn't justify us doing wrong. Just because I'm mad, I broke the law. Really? That's not going to be a good defense. It was a crime of passion. Well, in, in uh, Christianity, there's a thing called the passion. It's Jesus on the cross. <laughs> the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. It's better to suffer and have our prayers answered than to, than to get our pound of flesh and unanswered prayers. Verse 13, who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? I mean, who is he? He's just a human that's going to die one day. Well, sooner it's better than never. No, no, you, you, you let God be the one with vengeance. But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. Do not be afraid of their threats nor be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, that is, with great respect, having a good conscience, verse 16, that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. For it is better, if it is the will of God, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Paul wrote things like this. 
In chapter 12, repay no one evil for evil of Romans. Verse 17, repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heat coals of fire on his head. You want vengeance? Be kind to the cruel. Verse 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. A subject today is we must overcome. Tell your neighbor that. Hardship righteously. Not my way, but his way. Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 10, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Verse 11, verse 12. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You get to be Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego sometime. Going through the fire of affliction, the fire of suffering, tough times. Stop being a wuss. And man up, woman up, and submit to God and do his will and bless those who curse us. How can we overcome hardship righteously? How can we do it? Well, I'm going to share 20 things. Basically, it's 10 pairs of things. And they're not like a stair step to heaven or a recipe for the perfect life. But any one of them can absolutely transform your situation, make it better. Maybe not bring it into it, but help you and I become more like Jesus. First of all, purify your speech. If you slip up, go and repent to the person you slipped up to, even though maybe they made you mad. Do it. And empower your speech. It's not just not cursing someone. It's stepping beyond that to blessing. Speaking powerful words that heal rather than hurt. The, you know, the little nursery rhyme, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me, is a lie. Not true. Words will hurt. Well, it's important what we say. Surrender your life to God daily, like Jesus. He committed himself to his Father who judges righteously. My life is yours to have. I give it unto you. Released from my own grasp. I give it unto you, and I rest in your hands. I rest in your hands. I rest in your hands. My life is in your hands. Oh, I gave my life to the Lord when I was 12. Well, it's time to do it again. It's a daily thing. Surrender your rights for revenge. If he is Lord, I am not, and I may have the perfect opportunity to to execute revenge, but I need to get out of the way because if if I execute revenge, then I put myself in opposition to God. He expects all his kids to get along with, and he loves a person I can't stand just as much as he loves me. And I have to live in light of that. 
exercise your right to practice Christianity. There's no law against humbling ourselves. There's no law against turning the other cheek. There's no law against it. Well, they took prayer out of school. Well, I'm sorry about that, but kids are still praying in school here and there. I'm not defending that. But the government is not stopping anyone anywhere in the world. They may persecute them, but you can practice your Christianity, and this is a big part of it. Exercise your right to be silent when appropriate. Not the silent treatment, but the whole world doesn't have to hear how smart I am all the time. There's a time to be quiet because anything you say can be used against you. If you're in that kind of a conversation, everything you say, they're putting a spin on it, then why give them more ammo? Why give them more things to put a spin on? Just hush. Well, I want the last word. Well, everybody does. So it's really an illusion that's not possible. No, we are being watched by God. Commit yourself to him who judges righteously. He sees all, doesn't he? And people are watching us. In fact, they got phones. They'll record us. And if we in anger are acting the fool, we may show up on the news that night with some YouTube video gone viral. Or on Jimmy Kimmel being mocked. We're being watched. No, we are going to be blessed for obedience. There's a blessing in obedience. You have to know that. Don't hope that. Just know it. Take it to the bank. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Obedience brings blessing. It just does. Proverbs says the way of transgressors is hard. So if it's bad now, just disobey the Lord. Watch it get even worse. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. 1 Peter 4.14, he says it in the very next chapter. This book is all about suffering, as you can tell, encouraging people who are tough. And if we're Christians and we're, we're suffering, by all means, be blessed. I used to work at a place where the, the job said no religious articles on display. They made him take his cross off. He threw a fit and quit. Well, how are you going to explain that to your kids at the empty breakfast table? When Jesus said, take up your cross, he wasn't saying put it around your neck. He's saying, surrender your will to mine and do what the Father's calling you to do. Remember, our calling is to be peacemakers. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons or children of God. Matthew 5, 9. This is who we are. Well, I got my peacemaker in the gun case back home. <laughs> That's contrarian. That's not what he's talking about. Now, there are ministers of peacekeepers. Romans 13, we talked about the police. Maybe you're called into that duty. But in your human relationships with those who persecute you, do not take things in your own hand and shoot somebody. If you, if you have that kind of temperament, somebody cuts you off in the road and you're reaching for your gun, Get rid of that thing, please. I don't want to see you on the news. I want to see you on the news, but not doing that. Remember, our ministry is to include reconciliation. We all are involved in the ministry of reconciliation. 
2 Corinthians 5, people love to quote it. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. Yes, and this is one of those new things. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. This is part of what we're to be about, reconciling. And many times the believers were part of the problem. No different from the world. Irreconcilable differences, really. Moving on. Recognize our need to gain more wisdom. Believe it or not, we all have more to learn. Who knows that's true? Now, here's a verse that you probably won't find in your promise box because it's not very flattering, but it's about the mercy of God and how he chose us to demonstrate his wisdom. Look at this, talking about us. 1 Corinthians 1.26, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise, according to the flesh, Not many mighty, not many noble are called. He's done this to confound the wisdom of the wise in the world by using foolish things to show his glory to prideful man. So the fact you're in the kingdom is not because of your IQ. It's because of the mercy of God. Without him, none of us would have enough sense to get in out of the rain anyway. And if you have an IQ, it's because of the mercy of God anyway. If you have a low IQ, don't get depressed. Say, thank God, you're using me to demonstrate your mercy. But because of this verse, we have a lot to learn, right? Because he he saved us as fools, but he doesn't want to leave us that way. Right? Recognize our opportunities to gain more wisdom. We are learning that there's no teacher like pain. And when people are causing us pain... We're learning to be like Christ more than any book or sermon could teach because you're walking it out. Never forget who you are predestined to become. Any any members of the We Know Club? I'm a member of the We Know Club, Romans 8.28. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, these he also predestined to be conformed to the image of God's Son. Don't forget who you are, predestined to become. Never forget whose you are and the price he paid to have you. You plead my cause, you right my wrongs, you break my chains, you overcome You gave your life to give me mine. You say I'm free. How can it be? Stay in fellowship and fight in the real war. Many times when we get hurt, we want to just uh, alienate ourselves, cloister ourselves, get away from people and not have anything to do with people because people hurt you. Some preachers are like that. They have no friends because somebody in the church hurt them. Sure, people will hurt you, but you know what? People also will heal you. As a whole lot more healing people than hurting people. So stay in fellowship, even if you're hurting. And fight in the real war. We're not wrestling with flesh and blood. We're wrestling against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness and wickedness of this world. And we're wrestling with our own fleshly nature. 
When someone makes me suffer, my battle is not with that someone. My battle is with this guy. The man in the mirror is my biggest problem. I thought the devil was. Not really. He's been defeated. But in me dwells no good thing other than the righteousness to which has been imputed to me. So I've got to recognize that and stay engaged in the real war, the important war, the one that, that's really what everything's about. Stay in position. Man your battle station. Do not step away from what God has called you to walk in and utilize our godly weapons. The weapon of worship. The praise team can't worship for you. The Christian radio can't worship for you. Your favorite CDs can't worship for you. Those things help. But it's a matter of our heart as we worship and lift our souls up to God. He gives us a taste of heaven. He helps us see bigger things than the things that are bothering us. The weapon of the Word of God, meditating on the Scriptures. Other believers, prayer is a powerful weapon that we've got to utilize when we're suffering hardship. Set your affections on heavenly things above. I want more than relief. I want heaven, right? I want more than a break. I want his peace to prevail in this situation. Reset your affections off of selfish motives. It's not about me anymore. You know, if, there's, if there is a blessing that comes out of suffering, is it refocuses our priorities. Things that are so important no longer are. So I realize what it's really about. And look at everything from an eternal perspective. In light of eternity, this hard time is momentary. Paul called it light afflictions which are but for a moment. Remember the little equation? Eternity minus 10,000 years equals eternity minus 10,000 years equals yes. And look forward to our rewards on judgment day. It will be worth it all. When we see Jesus, life's trials will seem so small. When we see Christ, one glimpse of his dear face, all sorrows will erase. When we have run this race and we see Christ. Are there any sports fans in the house? I've enjoyed watching the Olympics, but if you notice, the American media is focusing on the American teams. So you may not have caught any broadcast of Fiji winning the Olympics gold medal in the sport of rugby. The first of the small Pacific Islands to win a gold medal and the first Fiji athletes to win a gold medal. Most of these guys are Christians. I heard that. I called Larry Taylor, an evangelist our church used to be in a really close relationship with. He had a meeting here for five weeks years ago, and I know Larry does a lot of stuff in the Pacific, and he's been to Fiji several times. He says, I know some of those guys, the rugby players. He says they are the real deal. They are truly believers. Now, if I could use them as a metaphor, knowing that life isn't a rugby game, but it's a rough-and-tumble game, is it not? It's tough, but 
they fought for the glory of the gold, for the honor of their nation being the, you know, being the first in their nation. They, they fought with, with good motives, I think, not prideful motives, but to be a team player in the world, to make a mark for Fiji, a place that's under threat from flooding if the oceans continue to rise. You probably didn't see this on TV, but when they won the game, before they got the medals, they formed a huddle and began to worship. Watch this. Let's sing that song together. We have overcome, we have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the Lord. We have overcome. We have overcome. Everybody. We have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the Lord. We have overcome. Let's raise our voices. We have overcome. We have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the Lord. We have overcome. That's what faith is. We've already done it. It's already done. We've read the back of the book and we win. You're more than a conqueror. You've already won. Amen? There's a testimony in the making. First the test, then the money, right? First the trial, then the triumph. We have overcome. We have overcome. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of the Lord, we have overcome. May the Lord bless you. 
and keep you. May the Lord God Almighty himself cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May Almighty God lift his countenance upon you and give you his peace that passes all understanding so you can make peace everywhere you go. May the enemies camp when they see you come and say, uh-oh, here comes a peacemaker. What does the word devil mean? It means divider. Divider. That's his, that's his ultimate purpose is to divide. May the Lord use us as ministers of reconciliation to make peace everywhere we go. Go get them, tigers. God bless you. Have a great week.